episode of the walking dead podcast is brought to you by audible.com audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers comedy specials magazine and newspaper publishers business information providers as well as many other products audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for apple's itunes store In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios, matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates. Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead podcast. We always think there's going to be more time. It's the Walking Dead Podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a lot more. This is the Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Walking Dead television show on AMC and the Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! Back up! So sit back, relax, and join the herd. Majesty's Imperial Highness, the Lord of the Realm, Mr. Gary. Or excuse yes. me, excuse me, Lord Gary. Tis I. <laughs> I will enjoy my tea and crumpets, thank you. Yes, forsooth. Tis <laughs> I have come to survey all that is mine. My glorious kingdom. Yes, and welcome, kind sir, sire. <laughs> sire, thank you. <laughs> 
So this is episode 242 of the podcast. Today we'll be discussing season 11, episode 6 on the inside. But first, the kingdom boilerplate, your royal highness. Yes, indeed. My my royal boilerplate. Thy <laughs> floor be yours. <laughs> uh, well, this silver plate I have here tells me that, as always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com. We'd really like to hear from you. Hint, hint. Uh, or you can also post a comment on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash walking dead podcast somewhere out there on Facebook. Um, it still exists. <laughs> yes, it is the place where dignity goes to die. Yes, <laughs> we, we post our episodes there and occasional news stories, and that's about it. But it's still, it's there. Um, Audible. Go to our friend Audible, or our lovely, lovely sponsor, audibletrial.com slash dead. That's D-E-A-D. I believe there are over 200,000 now different uh, audio programs, comedy specials. Um, they have business manuals, uh, textbooks, newspapers, magazines, um, podcasts, even just anything you can think of pretty much. If it's some sort of audio program, you can find it there on audibletrial.com slash dead. You get one free audiobook and a free month trial of their service. And it helps us out. So again, that's audibletrial.com slash D-E-A-D. Uh, last thing here, uh, Walking Dead No Man's Land, the mobile game. Me and Scott play. Uh, I've been playing again the past couple of days. I've been a little hit or miss on it, but we do have a lovely group um, and it's awesome. You get to collect favorite characters. Uh, they just added Mercer and uh, Yumiko recently, a few other characters. They're always dropping more characters all the time. And... Uh, you can get a lot of stuff just for free and you get even more free stuff. If you join our group, death squad Z, uh, you can help us hunt down zombies and collect your favorite walking dead characters. Again, that's walking dead, no man's land. And our group is death squad Z. So come on and join us if you want to play and have a good time. And so thank you very much, your highness. Oh, that was, thy, was my thy honor. rod and your scepter. <laughs> they comfort us all. All right. Well, now we are on to thy main event. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm doing it. It has nothing to do <laughs> with anything. Ezekiel wasn't even in this episode at all. No, so. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> yes. I guess I'm tapping into to Ian Anthony Dale's atrocious English accent. Hey, you, Miko. Yeah, it's How pretty are bad. you? It's pretty bad. <laughs> All right, well, on to the main event, our recap discussion of Season 11, Episode 6, On the Inside. Well, uh, you know, I, I there was actually three tracks that the episode went on but i don't care about one of them very much i wonder which one yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> obviously most of the episode was the two tracks the daryl reaper story and the connie virgil haunted house story uh, i i i really couldn't again have cared less about kelly's role and what she was doing i mean certainly it's an easy motivation to understand going to find her her sister right the only really cool part about that because again it was it was carol and aaron and somebody else oh it was rosita leaving 
Alexandria to go somewhere to do something. That's been what they've done. That's what Carol's done all season. Yeah. I have to leave to go do this. There's danger and I'll come back. Then I have to. Okay. Sit still woman. (laughs) Sit still. But I really, my, my favorite part was when she's trying to, Kelly's trying to make the horse. Going, the horse doesn't want oh, yeah. to go, and finally the horse is like, "Fuck you, lady!" and then knocks her in the in the mud. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, and of course, it occurred to me that maybe I'm just being becoming cynical, but <laughs> that she was probably going to arrive at the very last moment to save the day. I had no idea for sure, but you know, I, I figured it was a good guess. Yeah, it did seem like they were setting that up. Yeah, just sure. uh, a bit, especially after she finds Virgil and, and uh, uh, Connie's camp and mm-hmm. finds the slingshot and then realizes that Connie was there. Right. The question that, and I, I, I forgot about it when I was writing the notes, but my question is when when Connie and, and Rosita and, and the rest of them find the, the notepad that they community, that Connie communicated to Virgil on, they mentioned something about they felt like they were being watched. I wonder if that's a different group or that was the Reapers. Yeah, they never really touched on that again, did they? They just mentioned it. They felt they were being followed or they yeah. were being watched. And then I don't know that they talked to someone because she had a map at the beginning that led her to that house. So is it somebody else? I don't know. I, I wonder if we're going to hear any more about that. So anyway, um, so the, the the first interesting storyline, mainly, but unfortunately running along a predictable line, yeah. this first storyline was. Everything from it appears for a moment. A key subordinate of the group is convinced that the protagonist is that storyline, and that storyline is genuinely on their side. The difficult-to-read, but borderline unstable leader puts the Mm -hmm. protagonist in a possibly compromising position and the able lieutenant who doesn't get along with the protagonist, but is kept from going after the protagonist by the key subordinate. And all the while that the protagonist is acting as a double agent, but enough about Negan's time with the whisperers (laughs) or or Daryl's time with the claimers for that matter. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have, this is well-tread ground here on walking dead. Indeed. Just like a lot of the stuff we talked about this season, it's they're just using some old tropes. I mean, it's interesting to a point, but it's really you you kind of see what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it provided some good tension with Maggie and the rest of them in the crawl space. It was it was weird seeing Negan down there like, oh, shit, I got to hide. <laughs> mm. You know, it was um, in the crawl space below the house where they were all hiding. But other than that, there really wasn't a lot to see with it. I mean, there was the standard bickering and the standard, you guys got to get along. Um, I, I don't know if it's just because I liked the episode overall yeah. or, or or maybe it's because of Pope and these other characters, these uh, new this new group. Um, they seem more threatening to me. Like I was almost. Yeah. Whereas normally I would just be like, okay, we've seen this a billion times. I was almost kind of worried for Daryl that like, right. Maybe it would get him hurt or get them all killed or not necessarily killed, but like, yeah, I I thought maybe there would be more serious ramifications than there ended up being. He got away with it, you know, but um, yeah, that really was a tense moment. Um, 
with seeing them under there and then the guy almost going back for it, the lieutenant, um, and almost catching them right as they slipped away. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it was effective to me. I, I will agree that it's definitely oh something we've seen a billion times, but no, I, I loved the, the whole segment. I agree with you. I, I didn't love it, but I mean, it was well done. It, it I, I admittedly, the stuff that I was seeing, it, it's to me, it's stuff they've done before, but it's, it's not that it's not done well. Even this, the other segment I'm watching, I'm going, okay, here we go with this again. But that it was really well done. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, it's pretty clear how I think this is pretty clear how this is going to turn out. And I say yeah. that because we've seen it before. You know, Daryl will fool Pope for a while. And in the end, he will have to fight against the whole group. And will probably be aided by Leah, who get killed in the process or something like or, or or he'll have to choose between his group and Leah like he did with the claimers. Yeah. And the claimers found finally tracked Rick and then Daryl tried to intercede and then they turned on him. So um yeah, he'll have to choose between Maggie and Leah, and he'll obviously I can't imagine him not choosing Maggie and the rest of them, and then we I have a feeling I know how that's gonna turn out. Yeah. But maybe I'll be wrong. Who knows? So did you have any other insights I may have missed? I'm not. Um, you seem to have a different take on it. So not so much. I think I just liked it a little more than you did. Um, it didn't bother me so much that we've seen similar things happen before. Cause with a show that's gone on this long <laughs> yeah. and, and also just TV tropes in general, you know, like I, I kind of let that go. It didn't really bother me. Um, mm. And I think I'm buying into it maybe because um they actually threaded leia or leah whatever into the story and you saw him and her together and um that side of it is kind of compelling um more than just daryl trying to infiltrate a group you know like there's actually a connection there and like you said i'm sure it's going to come down to um she's willing to help him or he's going to have to choose between her or the group or you know it's going to come down to that um but i don't know and and i like it seems like there is real feelings there from Daryl. And I think that's going to also maybe tear at him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, I mean, you already mentioned that we already talked about it a little bit, but that whole scene with once you see Maggie and them through the, the little Mm -hmm. slit there, Mm -hmm. that really did kind of up the stakes a little bit. And I thought that was really cool. Um, And he barely got away with it. It was, it was. And as long as nothing happens to dog, I'm good yeah. with whatever the outcome is. You, you know those, Um, remember that old slogan, like if Daryl dies, we riot? Yeah. If dog dies, I riot. Yeah, I think, I think I've think i read that. I think that's a thing on the internet. Oh, that's a thing too. now? I that's think cool. it is. <laughs> it should so, be. You know, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's something they've done before, but all of the acting is really good. And the writing for those characters is very good, especially for Leah. Definitely. And I, you know, even the Carver character, he's... We've seen that character before as well. Uh, Beta was Beta was a little bit like that. He was extremely jealous of of Negan, and he was held at bay by Alpha. And then, uh, but obviously, the circumstances of that infiltration were a bit different. Mm-hmm. More vol- it was of course voluntary on Negan's part, where this is not. So, and and he was doing it to get at. Alpha and Killer, whereas Daryl's doing what he's doing to stay alive. I mean, the, the interesting thing with Frost, the guy that we're torturing, oh yeah, is that he clearly 
understood what Daryl was trying to do. And Angela Kang mentions this, that, that he basically gave Daryl permission. He basically sacrificed himself and gave Daryl permission to do what he needed to do to keep his cover. Yeah. And then of course we know what happened. And that was really cool too, that they actually like made a point to show them interacting earlier when they were both, you know, chained up that like, yeah. we should pretend like we're not friends. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, uh, that just gives so much more weight to Daryl having mm-hmm. to do that yeah. because he actually knew the guy and literally made the pact with him to not act like they're friends, like a few hours before that or whatever. Um, so whereas it could have been effective enough, just having Daryl have to torture somebody, you know, like that, uh, being somebody that he knows that he interacted with on the show is mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Extra little touches like that really go a long way. It's true. It's, I mean, it's, it's very good acting. It's a very good story development. Um, we do the, the scene, you know, this is, um, you watch the, uh, behind the episode segment. Yeah. I'm really finding these are far more interesting than anything I might see on the talking dead. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to really like the talking dead, but it really just, a lot of it just seems self-serving and it, it doesn't really work right. It doesn't really work with the way we watch the show where we watch it on, we watch it on AMC plus by the time we, by the time they have an episode of talking dead relative to that episode, it's a week later and it just doesn't have the same meaning. Yeah. And I tried watching because I was really looking forward to the episode that Hillary Burton Morgan was on. And, and it was just really, there was really nothing. Mm. Does she actually have insight into the show aside from her husband being on it? No. Oh, I didn't think so. It was more like her commentary on the story. Oh, okay. Because she played Lucille. (laughs) But she was on there with Alana Masterson. Oh, yeah. uh, Who played Tara. Mm -hmm. And then I forget. I forget who the um, the other person was. That they they came in that they they brought in uh, via satellite. Hmm. I know this last week it was uh, the one for the last episode. It was Ross Markand, hmm. and then um, the lady who played uh, Alpha's daughter. Oh, uh, Lydia. Lydia, yeah. Is and then the they name? had some they had some social media influencer relative some website or something, and I I felt that the I felt that the commentary was just really. You know, it wasn't quite as annoying as as super fan if Nicole Brown. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, if they're excited about the show, if it helps keep the show going, that's fine. I yeah, I guess uh, right. So, but I I really liked some of the insight that Angela Kang put forth about um, the scene at the very end of the episode when when Leah and and Carver and Daryl come back when that when that little uh, scouting force comes back. And then Carver tells Pope they were there, but they got away. And then Pope reveals that he tortured the guy to death. And they show him all chained up as a zombie. Yeah. And that he implies that he found something out. And he's kind of coy about it. And then he walks off with Carver joking. <laughs> uh, leaving Daryl and Leah wondering what, what's going on here. Are we f- in trouble or what, what the hell happened? Yeah. So, Didn't you expect him to kill the guy? Uh, yeah. It's not that I wasn't expecting what Pope did. I expected when he stayed in the room that he was going to continue torturing him and probably kill him. 
I'm just saying when I, he, I just once they showed him like as they were leaving, he was still standing right. over him. I'm like, that dude's dead. Oh, yeah, no, no, I had. But he he kind of he says, I got I got everything I needed from him with and a knowing walks, glance. Right. He like in kind of wink, wink. And I learned something. And so when he walks away with Carver joking and Lee mm-hmm. and Daryl standing like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Angela Kang said that. That was designed to convey convey nothing in particular and to let your mind wonder what it means. Only that Pope is in this dark place and descending towards more darkness, and so he likes to test people all the time. And this, he's, she said, is really just him fucking. He's either fucking with Daryl or he really does know something, but it, it's Carver mentions that when Leah calls him about, out about lighting that fire and being in on it. Yeah, After he says he's got her back and he goes, you know, everything's a test now. So that kind of fits in there that Carver's either or Pope is either trying to see if Daryl squirms under something like that or or uh, he really does know something. I'm guessing that he probably learned that at least Frost knew who Daryl was hmm. is one possibility that he knows Daryl in some way lied about it. But to the extent that Frost or Frost told him something else, it seems plausible. I don't know. But it uh, could also mean that he's just fucking with Daryl. I don't know. Yeah. He could. seems to like to do that. So It does. Now, the second storyline of importance, <laughs> the one with Connie and Virgil in the house with the cavemen people. <laughs> yeah. It struck me as yet another storyline meant to emulate the more traditional genre of horror films which um, Angela Kang has mentioned they've made some effort to, to point to do. Yeah. And they did that with Maggie in uh, running away from that Reaper in that warehouse scene where he kind of, she's standing there and then all of a sudden the guy's behind her. Right. Yeah. So I, I just thought, are they going to, is that what the season's going to be? Just like a tribute to the horror genre? Because that was the reason I never watched. I didn't watch the show the first season because I'm like zombies. I don't want to watch it every week. Yeah. And then I found that it wasn't what I thought. But, uh, you know, in listening to her say, they definitely were, were going for a, a more traditional haunted house story. And that they were also wanted to explore this too far gone thing. Yeah, uh, humans would get feral and all that. I thought, I thought really thinking back on it, it was really well done. Yeah, I agree. It's really well done. Um, at first, with the the person who may or may not have been in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and then a door shuts and you don't see. I'm thinking, is this the fucking Winchester Mansion? <laughs> you know the the story yeah. of the Winchester Mansion. So I my thought, first thought was um, that she was just sleepy that like because uh, virgil kept saying she hadn't right. slept for so long yeah. I, I my first assumption was she was hallucinating and that even we might get more of kind of like what we got like a cool kind of horror story but i thought it was just all going to be in her head but then I, I did not expect it to turn out to be what it was you know i thought I, again i thought that it was looking back on it, it was really well done mm-hmm. and and in going back to your point about her being tired i thought it was going to be like kind of that episode last season with Carol says so she keeps seeing this whispers there and nobody believes her. And then yeah, it looks like she's picturing. Yeah. It looks like she's hallucinating cause she's on caffeine or whatever. And then it yeah. turns out she's right. There was somebody there. 
So I thought it's either going to be that or she is there, there is somebody in the wall or it's going to be that she's seeing things. So I wonder what the uh, I wonder what the the special mission in in uh, Walking Dead No Man's Land that connects to the others is going to be relative. Is it going to be taking the house or is it going to be um, <laughs> taking the house with Maggie and Negan in it or is it going to be the uh, the haunted house with I don't know, zombies in the walls or something. Oh, but we don't have Connie or Virgil as playable characters, do we? No, but it, it doesn't need to. They oh, true. Just, yeah, they'll just pick, I don't know. Maybe one of those ones where, like, once you pass a certain section, zombies just pop out at you. Yeah, they could use Yumiko in there mm, or true. whatever. I don't know. They don't have Magna as a character either. No, very disappointing. That's too bad, yeah. I just I keep trying to get hope that they'll add Adrian Palicki as a character, but I don't know. Maybe no, someday. Nobody, nobody listens to me. Maybe the Carol and Daryl spinoff. She'll be like a recurring character. No, no, please don't do that. <laughs> no. So um, anyway, the house looked like a haunted house. The way it was it all deteriorated and it abandoned noises. And then she goes like through the medicine cabinet and she's looking. I'm like, you got to remember that. It's been like 10 years now, probably, or close to it. Yeah. So uh, noises in the house, monsters in the walls, and then there's that room with the bones in it from the people that got eaten. Yeah. And then those freaky paintings with the eyes scratched out. Yeah, that was cool, too. I'm thinking like, okay, that's that's a good, and like, that's a really good touch right there. <clears throat> what was really a nice touch, I thought the best, was the point of view shots. Yeah. Where when they would film something with Connie, there would be no sound. And then from Virgil's, there was sound, but he didn't know it was her banging in the wall. So he starts stabbing the wall. That was like yeah. perfect suspense. Definitely. Horror and it, like a, almost in an Alfred Hitchcock type mind frame. I thought that was really well done. But that POV shots, and she mentions, Angela Kang mentions that. Mm -hmm. So, but all of that being cool, the sets, the feral people. Especially that there was a whole pack of them in there living in the walls, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Right. But for me, the best part of that entire storyline was the way Connie solved the problem of them ganging up on her, open up that zombie, put the guts on and ring the lunch bell. <laughs> that was really cool. Very yeah. creative. And, that's uh, cool on the that, five, you know. and that the one, the one caveman person starts trying to climb up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like almost like a, a primitive primate. I thought that was that was a really well choreographed thing. I I I thought it was such a good point that I didn't even mind when, of course, Kelly and company did show up at the last minute. <laughs> the one the one Geico caveman that escaped in the head. Caveman. <laughs> escaped I, I got a lunch counter. I gotta agree with you though. My favorite part was really just the alternating POVs with yes. uh with Connie, you know, not being able to hear. Um and it just made me realize kind of the only other example I can think of um, is the, the quiet place films. I've only seen the first one, but I've never seen either of those, but um, they're a horror movie with yeah. creatures. But one of the cool parts of it is um, the, the monsters in the film are attracted to sound. Right. And one of the children of the family, the main family is deaf. So there would be segments where you would see calamity going on around her, but she doesn't notice anything's going on and she almost gets attacked, but mm -hmm. also she's being quiet because she can't talk, you know? So it's um, an interesting kind of, you know, thing. Um, 
but it reminded me a lot of the whole Connie thing. Like I just loved it. It made the horror so much more effective. Oh yes, um, yes. Because yes. you, you start to think as yourself, like if I was being chased by anything, zombies or little caveman creatures or whatever, but I couldn't hear them and I had no heads up of what way they might be coming. Um, but you know, you're being watched and under attack. Like that is so thrilling. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, but it's like anytime that they take out either the one or the other visual or auditory sense, it makes the horror that much more. I'm just thinking if you had that scene, but you couldn't see anything. Yeah. All you could do is hear the hungry. Because yeah. I have the subtitles on sometimes because sometimes I just can't understand it when they talk low with the speakers on the TV. So the, apparently the, the caveman that was after her was saying hungry, hungry, hungry. <laughs> he was growling. Wow. What, what this recalled for me was the, the 1967 film Wait Until Dark, which is an Audrey Hepburn film about these two guys that I, I believe they murder somebody or they're looking for something in this woman's apartment and she's blind hmm. and it's at night. And so she has to fight off these guys and she can't see them. Wow. And so I don't remember the, the whole course of the film, but the gist is that she can't see them, but she can hear things she can hear, but she can't see them. And the, it just ramps up the tension, and it was really well done. It sounds cool. I don't remember if it's an Alfred Hitchcock film or not, but no, it's not. Hmm. But it, uh, but it was a really good. I saw it years and years ago. But it, it, the suspense, I mean, it's just really. A, and that's what that reminded me of those POV, the point of view scenes where they remove one of the senses. And even yeah. for Virgil, there was kind of that because he couldn't see her and he didn't know who it was. And was, like you said, too, that shot of him looking scared at the wall, not knowing if it was her or a monster and like just going to stab it. Yeah. Thinking it was one of those creatures like that's those or humans, I guess, not creatures, but the feral humans. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. The evil Geico caveman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of behind the episode points angela kang answered one of my main questions right away was why were the eyes scratched out on those portraits yeah and what i loved absolutely loved about her answer was the simplicity of it <laughs> that they just did it because they thought that was creepy yeah be in a house like that the, the eyes are scratched off these paintings it's creepy mm -hmm. and then the audience can actually fill in that blank Think about what it is. Now, she mentioned they did have a backstory ready. But the bottom line is they didn't even have to present the reason. The uh, It's much more meaningful if the audience fills in that blank themselves. Yeah. The, the reason that they came up with just in case is because when those people were losing their humanity, they scratch off the eyes to kind of destroy any reflective vestiges of their humanity. Yeah. I don't know. But... I love the fact that they just did it because they thought it would be creepy and it worked. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I thought it, it really made the, it really made the, it's just a little thing like that made it seem all the more scary in that house. Just something it really, really made the whole like package. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like frosting on the cake. Definitely. <laughs> all in all, I thought it was a very effective episode. Um, we both liked, Overall, I like, I mean, overall, it was a good episode. I just, my only issue was that thing with the, the, the Reapers is, again, ground we've tread before, but 
Yeah. It was still well done. It was still yeah. well done. Don't get me wrong. The Reapers are, and I, I would agree with you. I, they, they seem to be far more um, threatening than the uh, the claimers or the wolves. Yeah, wolves. I just hated the wolves because what they do makes no sense. At yeah. least the Reapers or the governor, there's some sense and understanding, or even Negan, there's some sense or understanding to why they do what they do. But the wolves just murder everybody. Yeah, it's kind of weak. How do they decide who joins them if they kill everybody? Mm. At least with Terminus, they, they if you're okay with eating people, yeah. you're in. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the only criteria they had. Yeah. If you're, if you're all right with eating people and you're not talking about going anywhere else, you're ready to settle down and farm humans, you're good to go. You can live here with us in our in our place here. So, uh, but I, I am encouraged that the... The writing is really good and the stories have been good. Even yeah. things, like I said, even though they, they're not doing anything really new, um, what they're doing, they're doing well. I agree. I really liked this episode. I thought it was really, really well done and pretty fun. I'm just curious what the end game is with with the Reapers. How do they play in? How do they play in and where does that, what's the ultimate stakes in the confrontation, particularly when they have this Commonwealth thing? Is that yeah. going to play in? And I don't, of course, I never got to that part in the in the comic. Me neither. And obviously it has something to do all the way up to the end of the comic series. So, yeah. And I don't know what that's about either, but it's supposed to take place many years in the future when Carl's all grown up and talking to his kid. I don't think you've seen the world beyond. No, have you? I it haven't. looks interesting. It does. It has sort of a matrixy feel to it. <laughs> Only think of that because the new Matrix movie is coming out soon. Yeah, I like the trailer. Yeah, I don't know. Is that is that dude Morpheus? I heard. I'm that, guessing that is. It's just a different actor. Yeah, because Lawrence Fishburne didn't want to come back. Oh no. I guess, I guess that's what I heard. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, that is all my thoughts for this week. Um, I think we've covered some good ground here, and uh, I think we've come to a meeting of the mind, sir. Yes. Unless, Indeed. Uh, looking forward to continuing the story, and, and uh, yeah, I'm wondering what's going to happen with the... Com- oh, yes, there's more stuff on the Commonwealth next week, too. Oh, cool. They show that uh, the director of operations guy from the cheesy video... Right. Whose name escapes me right now. Same. I'm not going to look it up. I'm hoping they're ramping up to like a mid-season finale. I don't know what you'd call it because it's the middle of a third chunk. But I'm hoping each little chunk has a kind of mini finale. That'd be Mm. pretty cool if they're ramping up because we only have a few more episodes. Yeah, uh, if they're doing their standard break at eight, then we have two. Yeah. Huh. So we might be have a have a little interesting little finale kind of situation coming in the next few weeks. I mean, I know the other shows are starting up. At is the fear time. starting or is it? I guess uh, they're running fear and beyond together. Oh, seems like a lot of zombie at one time. It does. It does. I don't know. Well, anyway, looking, we've got some things to look forward to. Indeed. So. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for joining us. And again, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast@gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash walking dead podcast, the place where dignity goes to die. And of course, there's never been a better time to be a nerd.
So stay safe. Perrysburg, Virginia. I drove through there too. Uh, hike. <laughs> EK. <laughs> That's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Please take a moment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash walking dead podcast. If you like the show, let us know what you think. You can email comments and feedback to twdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also post comments on our Facebook page. The Walking Dead podcast can be heard at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. If you're an Android user, you can also download a dedicated Android app at playerfm.com and the Google Store. Please help support The Walking Dead podcast by visiting our sponsor, audible.com, and signing up for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. Many of our sound effects are provided courtesy of free SFX. Please check them out for all your sound effects needs at www.freesfx.co.uk. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here for the next episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. 